Talks first. It's Monday. I hope you're having a good start off to your week, and I hope you had a great weekend as well. If you are just joining in with us, thank you for joining. Uh, and for those of you that are new or just stumbled across this this podcast or this this live stream, this is a Star Wars channel where we talk about everything Star Wars, and we've got a bunch of great topics today and some fun games to play with you guys in the chat as well. So I hope I hope you're doing well because I, I certainly am. Uh, we do live streams every Monday here on the channel at noon Pacific time, 12 p.m. And we also have episodes every Wednesday as well on the podcast. Now, as far as the YouTube goes, we have videos all the time, at least for a week. And today we had one that came out actually that uh, I'm going to talk about here in a second. But welcome one and all. So glad you could be here today. Uh, if you're watching the stream now, there is a tipping option if you'd like to. You can send in your thoughts and questions and also support this channel. It's not expected, but there's the link below, streamelements.com slash first slash tip. And if you are a reoccurring member and you want to think about joining our team, there is a Patreon link as well where you can get exclusive access to a bunch of cool stuff and uh, first access to some of the episodes. And... Yeah, that's it for the for the plug today. Like I said, we got a bunch of great topics to talk about, some of which include, well, our main topic today, as the description says below the title, is we're talking about KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic, all of the rumors and speculation that Knights of the Old Republic 3 is going to be made by Lucasfilm and possibly be uh, KOTOR 1 and 2 being made canon and possibly remastered. So we're talking about that. We also are talking about some new hot toy Star Wars releases, and I got some pictures to show you as well. We're talking about some of the quotes uh, behind the scenes from The Mandalorian. The stunt coordinator for season one and two recently said some pretty interesting things that gives us a, another look on Mando season two behind the scenes. And also talking about an, a Star Wars actor who played a animated role who might possibly be coming to play in a live action role and i'm not talking about thrawn it's somebody else and the last thing we'll talk about today is sticking with the whole game topic is the open world star wars game we're going to talk about that as well because we kind of have glanced over it before on this podcast so we're going to really focus on the games today uh the star wars games with lucasfilm and all that kind of stuff so if you are with us now Give me a thumbs up or a, a Y in the chat so I know that audio and video is coming through just okay. Now, like I said, today we had another video premiere on the channel, and it was a video about the making of Star Wars, A New Hope. It is the first part of a three-part series that I'm doing, and part two is coming out tomorrow. Here are some behind-the-scenes photos that I wanted to show from this episode. Just a couple of my favorite from the making of A New Hope. So there's this one, of course, which is 
uh, the time when they were going to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. Darth Vader was going to, or he was going to sacrifice himself against Darth Vader. And I just love this photo because it has, you know, George Lucas in there and he's like so scrawny and young and it's, it's kind of funny to look at him now. But also the background is a real set. Here's another photo to prove that. Like, look at the size of this thing. That's insane. For a movie that was made in 1976 and that nobody believed in, like, look at the scope of this set. It's incredible. I love it. This is another one of my favorites, which is the making of the Jawa Cruiser. And I, I just love the detail, of the, the handcraft aspect of everything. And just to show you, it was just shot using miniatures and everything is practical and just beautiful. And they did a great job as well. This is probably my favorite picture from <laughs> the video that came out today. <laughs> George Lucas instructing Luke Skywalker how to shoot the blaster. And this is the scene where he takes Leia and they grapple across the trench to escape the stormtroopers. So, yeah, these are a few of the photos from the video that came out today. It's uh, again, it's the first part of a three part series of the making of New Hope. Check that out. It's linked down below and it's very interesting. I talk about the origins of this, the idea of Star Wars, the first, second, third and fourth drafts of the scripts. And I tell you, they are it was going to be a completely different movie from the, as far as the Journal of the Wills up until Luke Skywalker almost being written as a woman. That's true. George Lucas tampered with that idea in his second and third draft of possibly making Luke Skywalker a woman kind of crazy stuff, but you can hear all the details in that video uh, that came out today. And again, part two is coming out tomorrow. Robin McFly is in the chat. Hello. And the first galactic podcast is here. I think it's the first time you've been on this show live. Uh, welcome. It's nice to have you here. Mr. High ground, of course is here like always. And my buddy Lando. Awesome. Well, it's good to have you guys here and more will come in soon. And we're going to do a Star Wars fan live trivia game where you guys can show me your knowledge, your Star Wars knowledge. Show me what you got. I'm just going to read a couple of the comments here. So uh, tss, 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 Mr. High Ground says, I'm sure you've seen it, but the documentary and Empire of Dreams is amazing. It's an incredible documentary. Uh, it was it was funny because you couldn't it was hard to find before disney bought star wars but then when they put out disney plus that was one of the first things on there that's the first thing i watched when i got disney plus was empire of dreams it's a great documentary and a lot of the stuff i come next week i'm actually doing an empire strikes back making of series that one's a two-parter and in that one i cover a lot of the stuff that they don't cover in that documentary such such as the script and a bunch of other really cool stuff too but that's for next week Lando, what's up, my man? Working, but got you up in the background. Oh, that's that's great. Thank you so much, dude. It's good. I'm glad you could be here. Um, Robin McFly says, so excited for next part of BTS vids. Well, tomorrow at 9 a.m. Come see it. And First Galactic Podcast. It is the first time got you up while I'm eating lunch. Well, cool. I hope you enjoy your lunch. And I hope you have some quality entertainment while you are enjoying your snack so like always every monday we start off this show by jumping into our first segment which is known as star wars replay so here's everything that happened in star wars this week in history enjoy 
Star Wars Replay! Star Wars Replay is where we replay major moments and events that happened this week in Star Wars history. And this week, back in 1970, Warwick Davis was born. In 1975, Ralph McQuarrie painted the piece known as The Droids in the Desert, which helped George Lucas convince studio executives to make Star Wars. In 1986, The Empire Strikes Back premiered on pay cable. In 1997, A New Hope Special Edition was released in theaters. And finally, on a funnier note, in 2007, a Chewbacca impersonator was arrested on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for headbutting a tour guide. That's it for Star Wars Replay. Tune in next Monday to find out what major moments and events happened next week in Star Wars history. Yeah, that's real. A Chewbacca impersonator was arrested for headbutting a tour guide right down the street from where I live back in 2007. Uh, I wish I could uh, find a better photo for that, but I wasn't able to, but just fun stuff, fun stuff. One of the things I wanted to really touch on with this week's episode of Star Wars Replay was this painting. Um, If you're an audio listener, uh, you can look it up. It's called The Droids in the Desert. It is the first ever concept art that Ralph McQuarrie made for Star Wars. And it was created this week. Uh, in history and it's so beautiful it's it's what started it all as far as the aesthetic of this show and what it was going to look like and it's great and of course we've rebels has taken the idea from this photo to make chopper the the loving foul mouth droid that appears in that show and it truly is one of the greatest star wars concept arts that has ever been made and this is the it Ralph McQuarrie was hired by George Lucas to make concept art. So he was able to convince Fox studios to green light this film. And this is the one that did it. This is the picture that started everything. And it's kind of amazing. So it's just nice to appreciate the little things like that. So that was it for star Wars replay. I'm going to take a look at the chat here before we get into some trivia games. The first galactic podcast that does not surprise me. Hollywood is whack. (laughs) Hollywood is whack. Uh, I'm I'm located in Hollywood, actually. I am like two, three blocks from the um, what's called Chinese Theater, so which is actually where that incident took place. Um, Hollywood is whack. I agree. I don't care that I live here. Robin McFly says, "I love that concept art. It's gorgeous. It is. It's really amazing. And to think that he thought it up from nothing, you know, like we when we think about droids now, we think of C-3PO and BB-8 and all that kind of stuff, but." Ralph McQuarrie made it from nothing, and it was really great. Lando has the 334 figures of the concept art by the droids. It's so awesome. Whoa, that's awesome. Wow, you should take a picture of that and put it on your um, Instagram. That's really cool. I'm, I'm very jealous. If I get one one day, I will, I will put it behind me so you all can see it every day and be inspired. First Galactic says we'll have to link up sometime. We're down in San Diego. No way. That's really cool. You're, you're close. Uh, you know, most of my listeners are on the East Coast, so it's nice to see that there's someone on my side of the world. But yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. Okay. Now, there's only a few of you in here, but I'm going to go ahead and start off with the Star Wars trivia questions because I got some great ones for you. And if you are an audio listener listening now, you can still play. Just I will give you a couple seconds of time to think about these questions and give me your answers let's see how well you did if you're listening on the podcast stream shoot me a message and tell me how many you 
got correct. And if you're watching this video later, in the comments section below, let me know how many you got right, okay? So we got 10 questions here. And we're gonna start off really easy. We're gonna do it easy for you. And this is gonna be a challenge for everyone who's in the chat right now. Let's see who the victor will be. So again, we're gonna start off really easy. We're gonna start off with a question. What vehicle did Ray live in, in The Force Awakens? I'll give you some quick options. So was it an AT-AT, an ATST, a Star Destroyer, or a Land Speeder? What vehicle did Ray live in in The Force Awakens? Go ahead, guys. Throw your answers in the chat. I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to see who gets the first point here. The winner will get a prize. They will get a prize. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but we'll find out here in a second. So what vehicle did Ray live in? I'm going to give you guys five more seconds. Was it an ATAT, -AT, an ATST, a Star Destroyer, or a Land Speeder? Okay. We have three people that said ATAT. -AT. Mr. Highground was first. So, Mr. Highground, you have the first point. I'm keeping track here. Mr. Highground, one point. Good job. But all of you got it. Great job. That's great. Uh, Highground got it first. So, let's go on to the next question here, which is. All right, this goes all the way back to Return of the Jedi. Who Again, we're starting off easy, okay? We're starting off with the easy ones. Who killed Jabba the Hutt? Was it Luke Skywalker? Was it Leia Organa? Was it Han Solo? Or was it C-3PO? Put your answers in the chat quick. Let's see who gets the next point. Who killed Jabba the Hutt? Was it Luke, Leia, C-3PO, <laughs> or Han Solo? If you say C-3PO, you're just messing with me. All right. Okay, everyone. a lot of people have answered now. Look at that. Quick draw says diabetes. <laughs> diabetes killed. <laughs> I'm going to give you a, 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 a participation point because that was really funny. But First Galactic got this one right. Good job, man. Leia. Leia was the one who killed Jabba the Hutt. All right. First Galactic has a point. Okay. Let's see, again, starting off easy, and I got one more really easy question for you, and then we're going to get into the hard stuff. So don't cheat. Don't look at your computer or your phone. You got to be honest with us, okay? So here's the next easy one for Star Wars trivia. Who wiped out all of the information about the planet Kamino from the Jedi archives? Okay? Your options are Stifo DS, Count Dooku, Darth Sidious, or Jedi Master Yoda, who wiped all the info about Kamino from the Jedi archives? Send in your answers really quick. Robin McFly says Diego Luna. <laughs> You're correct. It was, Diego, it was uh, Diego Luna. I'm just kidding. Oh, I think you were answering that about Jabba. I got you. I got you. All right. So who wiped all the info about Kamino from the Jedi archives? People are saying Count Dooku. Well, that is correct. And the first person who said that was Lando Ferrando. Look at that. Mike Lando from Sith Talkers got a point. Okay, guys, we have three people with one point. So it's, it's about to get like in the nitty gritty. It's about to get real. Okay. Mr. Highground has a point. First Galactic has a point. And now Lando has a point. Now I'm just going based off who I see first in the chat here. Okay. Hillary, <laughs> Hillary Clinton. <laughs> All right, quick draw might end up winning this by just uh, funny points, like participation points. 
We'll see. All right, so let's go on to the next question here. We're going to start to get a little bit more difficult, okay? This is for more truer Star Wars fans. We're really going to test your knowledge here, okay? So let's see what you got. Okay, now going all the way to Return of the Jedi. Okay. According to the Emperor, what was Luke's weakness? Was it his faith in the light side? Was it his faith in his friends? Was it lack of vision? Or was it resistance to the dark side? According to the Emperor, what is Luke's weakness? Throw your answers in really quick. Again, his faith in the light side, faith in his friends, lack of vision, or resistance to the dark side. According to the Emperor, what was Luke Skywalker's weakness? All right. Answers are coming in here. If you're an audio listener, the time is up. All right. So everyone has said friends, faith and friends. And that is the correct answer. And I think the first person who got it was First Galactic Podcast. All right. They're in the lead. First Galactic Podcast is in the lead. Emperor's, sorry, Luke's weakness, according to the Emperor, was his faith in his friends. Powerful moment in that movie. Okay. Here's another one. What did Owen Lars tell Luke Skywalker about his father? That he was a Jedi Knight, that he was a Sith Lord, that he was a fighter pilot, or that he was a navigator on a space freighter? Those are your, or a spice freighter, I'm sorry, not space freighter. So those are your options. What did Owen Lars tell Luke about his father? Again, Jedi Knight, Sith Lord, fighter pilot, or navigator on a spice freighter? Mr. Highground says Jedi. Lando says Navigator. First Galactic says Navigator. Okay. This was kind of a tricky question. The actual answer is a Navigator on a Spice Freighter. So Lando was the first one to put that in the chat. So Lando has two. Okay, guys. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Highground. <laughs> Don't worry. It is kind of a tricky question but okay so lando and first galactic podcast you are tied okay you both have two points so now we're it's, again these questions are going to just going to get harder so here we go quick draw says fighter pilot uh, well he was that is true but he was you're all right he was a jedi he was a fighter pilot but uh the actual answer was a navigator on a spice freighter which was the only one that wasn't true actually Okay, here we go. This is for all my Padme fans out there. I'm looking at you, Robin McFly. Okay, so what were Padme's last words? Now, I don't have options for this one, and you don't have to get it 100% correct. You just got to get the gist of it. So what were Padme's last words? If you can tell me who she said her last words to, you'll get an extra point for that as well. So what were Padme's last words, and who did she say it to? Put your... <laughs> An alligator. <laughs> You're right. It was an alligator. <laughs> Lando says it was Anakin scream, uh, saying no. First Galactic Podcast said that there's good in him. I know there is. And Mr. Highground says Obi-Wan. So does, so does First Galactic Podcast. Okay. So Padme's last words in Revenge of the Sith were Obi-Wan. There is good in him. I know there is. Those were his, her last words, and she did speak them 
to Obi-Wan Kenobi. So the person who got that first is first galactic. You said there's good in him. I know there is. That is that is close. So I'll take it. You know, you didn't have to get it 100%. So first galactic has three points. So the last words Padme said were Obi-Wan. There is good in him. I know there is. Mr. Highground says, is Anakin okay? Um, did she say that? Or did she say, oh, she did say, is Anakin okay? But um, then she said, I know there's still good in him after that. Okay. And we only got a couple more questions here, okay? So here we go. The uh, person in the lead is First Galactic Podcast with three points. Okay. It's getting tough. Let's go. Where, this is a behind-the-scenes question, where... Were the Hoth sequences filmed? So the snow planet at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, where was that filmed? Was it filmed in Norway, Denmark, Iceland, or Greenland? Put your answers in quick. Where were Hoth sequences filmed? In the Empire Strikes Back. That's the snow planet. So go ahead, throw them in there. Where in the world were they filmed? Was it Norway, Denmark, Iceland, or Greenland? And time is running out. Okay, so Mr. Highground says Antarctica. That that wasn't even a that wasn't even an option. <laughs> you probably sent it in before I said that, but um, First Galactic says Norway. Lando says Denmark, and Mr. Highground says Norway. Okay, the correct answer is Norway. The Hoth sequences were filmed in Norway. So the person who said that first was First Galactic with four points. They're in the lead. They are winning this challenge so far but there's still hope for some of you out there so let's let's try another one okay okay really take your time with this one do your math how old was anakin skywalker during the battle of geonosis i guess i can give you some options for this was he 19 20 21 or 22 how old was anakin during the battle of geonosis let me give me five seconds here. How old was Anakin during the Battle of Geonosis? Throw in your answers quick. Don't let First Podcast win, First Galactic win, if you want to win this. <laughs> you can beat him. I know you can. Mr. Highground says 24. Lando says 18. And Lando also says 19. <laughs> the First Galactic says 20. Quick Draw says 20. High ground says 21. Okay. So the correct answer is Anakin Skywalker was 20 years old during the Battle of Genosis. And the first person that said that was, of course, First Galactic Podcast. Good job. I hope you are doing this from your own knowledge and you're not cheating over there. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. I believe you. I believe you. Okay. So that was it for Padme, or I'm sorry, for Anakin's age. Okay. One more. This is the big one. Really take your time with this one and really think about it, okay? What bounty hunter was trying to capture Han Solo when Greedo first arrived in A New Hope? Which bounty hunter? And here are your options. Was it Boba Fett? Was it Dan's Boren? Was it Aurora Singh? Or was it Bosk? What bounty hunter was trying to capture Han when Greedo first arrived. Boba Fett, Duns Boren, Aurora Singh, or Bosk? This is a tricky one. 
This is a tricky one. Mr. Highground says, Bosk. Sorry, guys, my camera went out for a second. Okay, there we go. Let's see. Mr. Highground says, Bosk. Lando says, Bosk. First Galactic says, this one, I don't know. So you guys got this. Okay. Well, that's actually not, none of those are correct yet. So I'm going to give you another like five seconds here to try and guess which one. So it's not Bosk. So was it Dan's Boren, Aurora Singh, or Boba Fett? Again, this is a hard one. I don't, I, I didn't even know this one. So don't feel bad. Quick draw says Boba Fett. First Galactic Podcast as the second guy. You can't give up your your <laughs> your win and then come in with another answer. I'm just kidding. Lando says Boren. Mr. Highground says Aurora. Okay, no one has said the right answer. It's actually Dan's Boren. And if you guys don't know who that is, I have a picture for you right here. You're not going to believe it. Okay, this is the bounty hunter that was trying to capture Han Solo. <laughs> Dan's Boren. The Spaceman in the cantina. The Spaceman from A New Hope. That's who it was. And uh, he has this, uh, an entire article about him on the Wikipedia. You can check it out. But this is the bounty hunter that was trying to capture Han Solo before Greedo. That is some really tough trivia for you there. So I, <laughs> I know that one was kind of mean. Uh, but nobody gets... Actually, I'll give everyone a point for that. Okay. Do you guys want one more? I, I can do one more if you want. I can do one more question, but we don't have to. Uh, what the hell? I'll ask it anyway. Okay, this is the last question of the trivia today, and then we'll get into the stuff you're actually here to listen about and learn. So for the YouTubers and the podcast listeners, last question for the trivia. This one's worth two points. Count Dooku. Count Dooku was one of how many Jedi to leave the Jedi Order? Okay, so Count Dooku was one of how many Jedi to leave the Order? Was it 40? Was it 50? Was it 30? Was it 20? He was one of how many people to leave the Jedi Order? Was it 50, 40, 30, or 20? <laughs> Quick Draw asks if that's Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> That'd be so cool if it was. Lando says that's McClunky. Yeah, I know. It's a little McClunky. Okay, Lando says 50. Mr. Highground says 40. Quick Draw says 30. First Galactic says 20. So everyone gave a different answer. All right, well, the answer to how many Jedi left the order with Count Dooku, the correct answer is 20. First Galactic got it again. Good job, First Galactic. You won the Star Wars trivia on your lunch break. It's pretty impressive. We'll do this again sometime, guys, because uh, I really enjoy this. And I'm, I've been trying to think of ideas for something to do for my 100th episode, which is coming up really soon in f uh, four weeks. It's either four or five weeks. Episode 100. It's going to be a great show. But good job, everybody. You guys did great. I mean, trust me, some of these questions I didn't even know the answers to. This is It's just the questions I asked. But First Galactic got six of them right. And a lot of you did get a good majority of them correct, too. It's just uh, First Galactic said them First, Lando says, congrats, First Galactic. Yeah, congratulations. And uh, again, um, the prize was you get to pick the topic for next week. So you let me know what you want to hear me talk about next week on Monday. And we'll dedicate. It can be as goofy as you want it to be. It could be as serious as you want it to be. But let me know. 
and we'll talk about it next week. Um, he says, thanks, everyone. Lunch break is actually over. So good timing. Good timing. Yeah, great job. Mr. Highground says it's so difficult with so much pressure. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Everyone give Mr. Highground some love in the chat. Um, you did great. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you all of you for being here today. Okay, let's jump into the main topics today because we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about. All right. And give me a second here while I fix my screen. It's having a little bit of a problem. Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about today is the main topic, which you can see in the title of the show below. And we're talking all about Knights of the Old Republic. So there's been a lot of rumors coming out recently about the possibility of a third one coming out and a remastering of the original two ports and other rumors as well as far as adaptations to live action, animated, a bunch of stuff. So the, if you're not familiar with Knights of the Old Republic, I'm going to give you a little bit of info about it and why it's so special to a lot of people. Here are some of the characters from the show as well. So one thing about KOTOR is it's combat engaging. This game was different for the time it was released. It was different than any other Star Wars game. It had a narrative that was riveting, and a lot of people grasped onto it and introduced a bunch of new lore and great stuff like that. And its depiction of the galaxy was the most submersive that it's been in a Star Wars game since. You know, many prior games, uh, Star Wars games, had succeeded in taking different types of set pieces or vehicles and making like an action-packed game out based off those themes like pod racing and stuff like that and, and uh, X-Wing fighters and squadrons, that kind of stuff, you know. But Knights of the Old Republic was the very first game that made you feel like you were actually exploring the universe. And it also had very well-acted cast and characters. And there was different outcomes based on how the character played the game. So you, know, you could generally, it was like a pick-your-own-adventure, not like, not exactly like that. But it had the option where you were in control. And the most notable character from this game was obviously Darth Revan. Very popular with everybody. And he, of course, is the central antagonist. Knights of the Old Republic wasn't used as it wasn't just a, a great star wars game it was a great piece of fiction and it was on par with the rest of the franchise so we're going to take a look at an article today from gamerant.com which talks all about the new rumors and speculation and i think you guys would enjoy it very much so give me one second while i get this screen ready and we will explore what is going on with Lucasfilm Games right now. Now, again, this article is on Game Rant, so you can check that out if you want to. Okay. So here's the article. Um, I will link it below if you want to check it out. And... Sorry, guys. This is the first time I ever shared my screen, so it's taken me a little while. <laughs> Okay, so the rumor that Knights of the Old Republic ports are in the works. Now, the revival of Luke, the, oh, sorry, the revival of Lucasfilm Games has reignited much of the gaming community's excitement for potential Star Wars projects, especially with the announcement of Ubisoft and Massive Entertainment's open-world Star Wars game, the first non-EA non -E published Star Wars game in almost a decade. So 
obviously it, it was just recently announced that EA is no longer has an, a monopoly on the Star Wars games, which is great because now we get a whole a whole new bunch of developers to make a Star Wars game, more creativity and uh, just different styles and stuff like that. A lot of people were kind of disappointed with what EA had done with Star Wars since they first got the first game uh, and the rights to it. And understandably so. I mean, there was less games to come out since Disney bought it. And a lot of them had these add-ons or expansion packs that you had to keep purchasing. I forgot what they call it. I'm not necessarily a gamer myself. I don't consider myself one. I do enjoy playing games, but I'm not really big and into it. But I did have some problems with EA, so much so that I didn't even buy Battlefront 2. And usually I buy every Star Wars game I can. But I will say Jedi Fallen Order was incredible. That was a great game. And uh, there's some problems with it as far as the mechanics and the latency and also the graphics. But as far as the story goes, I really enjoyed it. And I had so much fun playing it. And so that's that's one exception, I would say. So the rumors that Knights of the Old Republic is being rebooted originated early last year when Disney and Lucasfilm announced Star Wars High Republic, a multimedia Star Wars series set in post-Disney Star Wars canon. This was preceded by an appearance from KOTOR villain Darth Revan in the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary. So we covered that a while ago in my video about Keanu Reeves playing Darth Revan, which you can check out. I think I linked it below. Um, there's that rumor going around. Obviously, that's a fan casting. A lot of people want that to happen. Um, but yeah, Darth Revan was made canon in the Rise of Skywalker as one of the Sith um, legends that was um, in the background on on Exegol or in passing or in some prop. I can't remember exactly, but I'll have to find the visual dictionary at some point and look that up again. But you can see that video on my channel. It's called Keanu Reeves as Darth Revan. So after the announcement of Lucasfilm Games revival, BOB podcast host Bespin Bulletin revealed he learned that Knights of the Old Republic reboot was in development from a surprising studio, which Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier backed up. So here is a tweet about some of this. So heard some fun game stuff this week, nothing huge and no real details. You know how the Jedi Knight games from Episode 1 Racer got Switch modern console remasters? Well, I'm hearing the same for Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2 at some point this year. This year, that'd be, uh, it's kind of hard to believe, but if it's true, that'd be really cool. Note, this would be separate from the upcoming remake thingy. These would just be straight upscaled ports. So this is the main thing that I wanted to, to touch on today was the, or the remaster. You know, if they really are remastering these Star Wars games, Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2, then I think that's a very, uh, very large hint that we will be getting Knights of the Old Republic 3 coming. A lot of the issues I've been seeing people having is, you know, they're worried that it might not be a Knights of the Old Republic 3, but rather a remake of of that game instead of a reboot and of course losing legacy characters ruining the story messing things up like that you know but i can see them doing that too but if they release what knights of the old republic one and two in a remastered format i think that's that's a good hint that we would be getting it for uh what is it uh and a third one in the makes now i thought i had some pictures here i do Okay, so check it out. These are some of the pictures of EA's previous games, such as Battlefront, Jedi Fallen Order, 
Uh, I don't know how many of you have played these games. I have played all of them. They are they're fun in some ways. In some ways, they're they're not. You know, the story really needs work in the Battlefront games, or at least a Battlefront Two, I believe. Um, but yeah, this Jedi Fallen Order was my favorite. Uh, it was almost like an open world experience where you can go to other planets, you can travel around that planet wherever you wanted to, things like that. But this was a great one, and they're definitely doing a second one. They announced that last year as well. That Fallen Order Two will be coming and. Uh, of course that'll be ea so hopefully they they keep it in the same format that they did for the first one did any of you guys listening play any of these games and if you did what did you think of it how excited are you for you know ea not owning all the gaming rights and this monopoly that they had for like six years you know what game are you most looking forward to if not the kotor then maybe you're looking forward to the open world one or the the Indiana Jones game that Ubisoft is making. I can't wait for that one. That one's going to be fantastic. I've never played Indiana Jones game. I love the movies. Of course, it's Lucasfilm, so it's going to be top-notch. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Lando says, one of the best Star Wars games of all time. I think you're talking about Jedi Fallen Order, and I totally agree with you. I think it's, I think it's so rad. It's so amazing. Yeah, that's that's uh, honestly that's it for the Kotor discussion today. Uh, it's just a rumor still at this point. But early this year, it's speculated that we'll get a remaster of the first two games, which would be absolutely incredible. Look at this. Look at this baby. Look how old this is. This thing is. Look at it. It's still got like this packaging on it. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> look at this. It's so crazy. I haven't opened this in so long. I don't have a way to play it anymore. Look at that. It takes you back, doesn't it? Look at all this. It was it was really game-changing at the time. Not just for Star Wars games, but for games in general. Just the way you can interact with the world and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this is great. If you guys have played it, let me know what you thought of it as well. Honestly, I forget most of it. But I remember enjoying it a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Lando says, I have played all the Star Wars games. Jedi Fallen Order, by far the best one from EA. Battlefront is good. Squadrons is fun, but I'm terrible at it. Oh, I'm sorry. When I said I played them all, I haven't played Squadrons. I have not played Rogue Squadrons. Um, I'm sorry, just Squadrons. Uh, it, apparently, it's not on uh, Xbox, I think. Uh, I, I could be wrong. I don't remember. I remember I, I'm not really into flying games, flight simulators, that kind of stuff. I did when I found out it was on VR. I immediately was like, "I need that. I would totally play it on VR." Otherwise, I have no, I have no interest in playing that game. Um, and I, I have a VR, but I can't play it on VR because you need a PC to play it. And I don't have a PC. I'm a Mac guy, which could explain all of my technical difficulties on this show. <laughs> uh, Mr. Highground says both of the newer BFs. Oh, Battlefront. I thought of boyfriend. <laughs> it's like, you got two boyfriends? Both of the new Battlefronts are fun to play with friends and is one of my favorite games. And Fallen Order is awesome. Squadrons isn't very good in my opinion, but the story is decent. That's good to hear. I mean, sometimes I don't care if I'm playing a bad game unless if it's got a good story, I'm, I'm in, you know? I don't have to... Like um, Halo, for example. Halo 4, Halo 5, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same as Halo 1 through 3, but there is good story there. You don't get to fight as many aliens, but it's still, it's a good story, so I have fun. 
Halo Infinite coming out. I can't wait for that. Um, but this is a Star Wars show, so we'll we'll move on. Uh, Mr. Highground says, "Do you guys remember Star Wars Force Unleashed?" Yeah, that was with um, was that the one with the uh, Star Killer? Was that the first introduction with uh, Sam Witwer, or was am I thinking of uh, something else? I can't remember. Mr. Highground says, "Force Unleashed One and Two is amazing." Yeah, those are. Uh, when did those come out? I can't remember exactly, but those were great games as well. Oculus Quest 2 doesn't need a PC. Uh, that's the one I have. And um, my girlfriend's brother has uh, the same thing. He said it can only be played on that VR if you have a PC compatible with it. But if that's wrong, uh, I will definitely be getting that game. Thank you for, for letting me know. Landis's old PlayStation game, Jab- Jedi Battles, was really good. I don't remember that one. There was this one game that I had that I played countless times. And I cannot, it was, I think it was one of the original Battlefronts. It was on Xbox. It was where there was this sub game you could play inside of that game that was about where you could create your own ships and create your own armies and then battle against other people, almost like a battle royale, not exactly i don't remember but i don't know if any of you guys know what i'm talking about you should let me know because i missed that game i wish i still had it and um yeah okay so let's let's talk about our next topic today because we have more to discuss and again if you're just joining us now welcome uh we just finished talking about knights of the old republic and now we're going to move on to uh these new hot toys that were announced so check this out we just got the latest addition to Hot Toys Star Wars Collection, and it puts the spotlight on Dark Troopers. Look at this. Isn't that amazing? From The Mandalorian Season 2. Now, the Dark Trooper figure stands at 32.5 centimeters tall. It features over 25 points of articulation, and is also it features a light-up helmet and a chest panel that comes with three pairs of interchangeable hands and a blaster rifle. It follows in the footsteps of all hot toy figures, and the Dark Trooper features premium detail, specifically applied black armor painting. Look at this. Uh, It's incredible. I don't normally buy action figures, but this one looks absolutely insane. I mean, look at these guys. That's incredible. And it's not painted... Uh, lights those up there that's actual uh, led red light um, lights built into the figure this looks absolutely incredible this isn't big news this is just something interesting i found that i wanted to share but oh my gosh and look at all these pieces 25 interchangeable parts and articulations the black plating armor this looks so dang cool quick Trust says hot toys you must collect them and it looks like you do. You say my Boba Fett Deluxe Edition should be shipping soon. Oh, I, I saw that. That one looks great too. That one looks really cool. But yeah, these are the new Dark Trooper Hot Toys coming very soon. So I can't wait for these. If you guys are listening on the audio format, you should go check these out. It is some beautiful craftsmanship and I can't wait to see what comes next after this. Okay, so... Let's jump on to our next topic because we're also talking about 
we're going further into the Mandalorian and we're talking about some behind the scenes stuff that just got released from some of the people that worked on the project, more specifically the stunt coordinator, Ryan. Okay. So let's jump into it. So last week, the Hollywood reporter released an interview with Ryan. His name is Ryan uh, Watson, I believe. Let me see. Ryan Watson. He's an Emmy winning stunt coordinator from the Mandalorian season one, season two. And he revealed a lot of behind the scenes about season two. So let me pull up some pictures here. So check this out. This is a beautiful poster. This is a fan-made poster. Isn't that gorgeous? So yeah, we're talking about Ryan Wilson's behind-the-scenes mentioning of Mandalorian season two. So let's start off with the show overall. So overall, he says this. We knew what we were getting into, but we couldn't help it. I call this a black belt level of movie making because it's just so fast and so intricate. I've never done anything this intricate and this vast. And that's coming from someone who has worked on Batman versus Superman, worked on Wonder Woman, like big comic book movies. And the season one of The Mandalorian had a a lot of great stunts, but season two really amped it up a little bit more. So Ryan Wilson, uh, Wilson, (laughs) Ryan Wilson, isn't that the guy from The Office? Ryan Watson. Ryan Watson uh, did a fantastic job with the stunts. But he he says a lot more, too. He says, uh, so during the fight scene with uh, Giancarlo and the Mandalorian here, Moff Gideon, he goes into further detail. And he says, so this is regarding this fight scene and how the lightsabers broke. Because if you remember last year during the summer, Giancarlo Esposito said that he broke many darksabers during like shooting. So this is what is said on that matter. He's, Ryan says, we had to end up using the full sword, which makes the top even heavier. And now it's swing. the swings are a little bit harder. So what he's talking about is when they were shooting the film, they would often use half-bladed swords or lightsabers because it's a safety measure rather than using a large one. But he, Giancarlo kept breaking the darksaber the little half blade. So they had to use the long one because that was all they had left. So he also says uh, the intensity of that fight was probably the highest of both seasons. Giancarlo brought some real intensity to that fight and he finished one time and was like, that was like a real fight. And Latif was truly ducking for his life. Latif was the guy in the Mandalorian outfit. So this confirms that, like Giancarlo Esposito said last year, that he broke many lightsabers during shooting at the Mandalorian. So uh, that was really cool. I also got some quotes from him about Ahsoka and the fight scene with her. So here's a little bit of what he says about that. So he says it was the most high-pressure fight of the season because of the garbage that a live-action Ahsoka brings to the table. So obviously it means like adapting it from live-action to uh, animation to live-action live action we wanted to keep it really old school samurai but still entertaining enough to where it has more than two or three moves and that changes a little bit of the dynamics with a samurai sword you can touch the blade and you're not going to get hurt the lightsaber is like a bug zapper that's why the fight feels very clean and very direct there's not a lot of wasted moments when they start to fight it explodes It's from the stillness to 100 miles an hour in the blink of an eye. You can train the moves and have them down perfectly, but if you don't have that acting backing behind it, 
and the intensity that it would have in a fight. That's probably the most tricky thing. You have to costume on all these different cameras in there. It's a very, very tough thing to act and to get through the choreography, knowing these different changes that you have to do at that moment and where the camera is for it looks like a real hit. So yeah, obviously that Ahsoka fight, that whole Ahsoka episode, episode five of the Mando season two was incredible. And it was very old school, like uh, as far as like samurai movies goes, you know, it wasn't just like quick cuts and a bunch of different shots and uh, like wire fighting maneuvers and all that kind of stuff. It was simple and it was, it told a story. And I think that's what Dave was going for. But there was a lot of intricate things still in there. And he talks about the complications of the outfit, the, the mantras she wore, and how that, that's why they had to shorten them. Because, yes, they were longer in Rebels, but they had to shorten them because it would just cause complications when they were shooting because they kept moving around so much and it was heavy and it weighed her down. But I think they did a great job. I mean, Ahsoka, uh, Rosario Dawson killed it. She did amazing. She recently just released her behind the scenes video of her putting on the makeup and taking it off. It's on her Instagram. You should check that out. It's really cool. And um, she has a full head of hair and they like patted it down to nothing. I don't, I don't know how they do that. It's kind of incredible. I wish I could do that kind of stuff. Oh, Brian Wilson is from the Beach Boys. What if they're the same? What if they're the same? <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, so that's it from uh, Ryan Watson about the behind the scenes of The Mandalorian. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some more coming out later, too. As we know, season three starting, is starting shooting in April, uh, which unfortunately probably means we're not getting season three until 2022. Uh, I would say May, May of 2022, which is kind of sad, which is the longest wait period we're going to have in between Mandalorian seasons. Mark Lawrence is in the show. Late to the show. Glad I could catch a little bit. Thanks for being here, man. So glad you could be here. Mark was on last week's episode of Han Talks First, where we talked about a whole bunch of great stuff. You should go check that out as well. We discussed the Luke Skywalker deepfake that was recently done. And um, if you haven't seen that video, go check it out. It's on the channel. We compare the new deepfake that was done by Corridor Crew and compared with the original ending in the Mandalorian. Okay, so our, our next topic here, we got two more and then we're going to head out for today. Um, this one is all about a Star Wars actor who is potentially coming to live action from the animation world. And it's not Thrawn. It's somebody else. It's a dark side user and it's actually the Grand Inquisitor from Rebels. If you haven't seen Rebels, I'm going to get into spoilers, so you might want to turn away. I know it's been like two years, but Rebels is so great. Um, so we're actually talking about the Grand Inquisitor and the voice actor who played him, Jason Isaacs. Now, Jason Isaacs is a British actor, and he said he is open to returning as the Grand Inquisitor from Star Wars. And of course, this character was in Rebels, and he recently did an interview with Collider, which is where I'm getting this information from. And Collider is very reliable. And there's also a video as well if you want to check it out. His direct quote when asked if he'd be willing to come was, I'm open to anything, and but it's always about the script. Uh, he has another quote here that I'll get into. It's a very lengthy quote, but um, I just wanted to point out that's a great way of looking at it from an actor's point of view. Yes, an actor is just like a character uh, like by hire, but the fact that he wouldn't just do it to get into that role, but because it would be a good script, so that's good to know as well. Now, we'll never know if they're actually like talking to him or not, because they're not going to reveal that on a, on an interview on YouTube or something like that. 
But check it out. So he went on to add this statement, and I'll give this picture of him from Rebels here. Now, this is uh, from season one. I, I love the Grand Inquisitor. He was one of the coolest guys in that show. So he adds to this comment, and he says, I don't want to just turn up so that I can take some photographs and go to conventions. I'd like to play parts. The Inquisitor was such a great part when I played it. And if the Inquisitor was great, was a great part again, I would be up for it. I'm not sure that I've got the patience of Doug Jones, who plays Saru in Discovery, and who was the creature in the shape of water and stuff like that. I don't know how many hours I'd like to spend in prosthetics. But yeah, Katie Sackhoff had a very good time, and I know Katie, and I'll say I've loved being a part of the Star Wars world. They've invited me in, although I've only ever been in the animated character before. So yeah, that's what he says about his potential of bringing that animated character to live action, which I think would be amazing. Now, the only question is, again, this is going to the spoilers. The grand inquisitor died in the end of rebels. So it's, it's a matter of how would they bring him back? He, he killed himself at, at the end of season one because he was too scared of his boss, Darth Vader. And it was one of the greatest, uh, like, I don't want to say suicides, but he was a bad guy, so it's okay. He was one of the greatest suicides in uh, like his uh, television, and he like is hanging off the ledge, and Kanan is just like he offers to help him from death, but he decides to let go, and he says there are darker and more terrible things in this world than me, and then he lets go and he falls off the ledge, and he was talking about Darth Vader, and it was such a great great ending to his character and i loved it so if he were to come back it would be him before rebels that time period so who knows how old he is or how his species age it could be high republic that would be cool as well but maybe in um obi-wan obi-wan series how sick would that be if we got the grand there's going to be inquisitors because that time period is when vader hired a bunch of inquisitors to help him hunt down the remaining jedi Sorry, guys, my camera is acting up because we are going a, a longer show today. Uh, Robin McFly says, Jason Isaacs, I guess you are a fan. All right, O'Neill Onelian. I don't know how to say that, I'm sorry. Has anyone played Disney Infinite, Infinity Star Wars? I have not, but I've, I've seen other people play it. It looks pretty cool. Welcome to the, to the show. Nice to have you here. Thanks for jumping in the chat. Lando says, Jason Isaacs told me to my face at a Star Wars convention that Rebels was just a job and not, and he's not a Star Wars fan. More people and Harry Potter stuff getting autographed than not, and not Star Wars. Wow, that's, that's sad to hear. Wow, so Jason Isaacs told you that he is not a fan of Star Wars. He just did it as a job, which is funny because that's literally what I just talked about, how if he would be interested in coming back, it would have to be based on the story. So he's probably saying through the lines that, you know, he's not really interested in coming back, which is kind of sad to hear. It was a great character. It always bums me out when actors like say that kind of stuff, you know, like at least don't say it to fans who are really invested into this kind of stuff, you know, but that that's it for the Jason Isaacs quotes. I just thought it was interesting. I wanted to share it with you today. Welcome to the chat. I am glad you're here. And uh, the last topic we're going to talk about, today is going to be this open world video game that is being developed and we haven't talked about it on the show so i really wanted to to jump into it um again this is our last topic today uh send in your last thoughts and questions on the show and we'll be sure to answer those and then we're going to get out of here i hope you guys had a great time so let's jump into 
this open world video game. I'm going to put up some pictures from past video games so we have a little bit of context and viewing pleasure. Okay, so the upcoming Ubisoft game also marks the end of the American publisher EA, nearly an eight-year monopoly on the sci-fi's franchise video game adaptations. Now, EA required the exclusive rights to publish Star Wars games all the way back in 2013. And finally, that deal is expiring, which is why we're getting a bunch of new games announcements and the new vision of Lucasfilm games. Now, Star Wars has one of the it's obviously one of the most well-known IPs uh, in, in video games, in movies, and all that kind of stuff, because the, the games really are incredible. And uh, a lot of them have changed the game in some ways. And with titles such as, you know, Je Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, and Knights of the Old Republic, and they receive such vast critical acclaim. And EA has only published four Star Wars titles after acquiring... The publishing rights to the franchise four games in six years do you know how many we used to get before i can't even i can't even remember how many but four games in that six-year period is unacceptable and thankfully that's all going to change through 2019 jedi fallen order and star wars squadrons received positive reviews but the publisher axed a handful of other projects including a bounty hunter focused game which was called Star Wars 1313. Now, if you guys don't remember what Star Wars 1313 was, it was actually the game that George Lucas was developing all the way back in um, the late 2010s, or I'm sorry, early 2010s, early 2000s. It was going to be focused on Boba Fett, and then Boba Fett, you, you play as him, and then at some point you get killed and you have to play another person, but it was open, it was open world, if I remember. There's concept art online you can check out. I should have brought some today to share, but I forgot about it. But that was going to be a great game. And it was apparently going to be a game changer. And it was also going to like reboot Lucasfilm as a whole. So it's sad to see why that never came to be. But EA is continuing to work with Lucasfilm in some capacity, which is kind of kind of disappointing, obviously, because Jedi uh, Fallen Order 2 has to come. Now, Douglas, Douglas Riley, who's the vice president of Lucasfilm Games, stated that the game publisher had a number of projects underway, but did not offer specific details. I think this is PS. I don't, I think EA has one other idea and that is Jedi Fallen Order 2. I'm sure there's other concepts out there that they've talked about, but I mean, come on, if you, if you had all those games ideas, you would have worked on it and you would, you're one of the biggest developers, you could have made it. But again, uh, the people, the players, they don't want just EA to own it. They want all these other companies to do it as well. You know, like when we had, when we had KOTOR, I think it was Bioshock, BioWare, whatever that company's name is, the company that made the original Knights of the Old Republic, they were an independent company. And actually, when they were asked by Lucasfilm to make Knights of the Old Republic, they were in a really tough spot financially and critically. They were almost going to go out of business. But the, Lucasfilm approached them asking if they would help make this new Star Wars game. And they, full, they gave them full creative control. They were allowed to have it take place at any time period and about whatever they wanted it to be. And they jumped at that opportunity so fast. But the problem was uh, they, they didn't want to set it during the, the prequel era, which is when those movies were coming out at the time. And instead they wanted to go thousands of years beforehand and do fresh new material. And they did. And they made a riveting story. They made a great narrative and great gameplay as well. And fans love it. And it became one of the best games 
in Star Wars of all time, which is pretty great. But it's such a great story for of that company and making that game. But yeah, it's funny that Lucasfilm used to go to these smaller independent companies to make these games, and now that they're Disney, you know, they're going to go to the big dogs. But we're getting things like Bethesda, who made Doom, and they're going to make a game. I think they're making the Indiana Jones game, and then we got other ones too. Uh, older developers, smaller companies, which would be a really great thing. But um, this is great stuff. An open world Star Wars game. How cool would it be? How cool would it be if you if it was like a GTA five and it takes place on like a planet and you can like grab your land speeder and like go to the cantina or hop in the Falcon and then fly across to the other side of the planet and like go kill a crate dragon. That'd be incredible, right? Um, it has so much potential and there's so much you can do. And I just, I hope they focus on timing. That's my only issue with this whole entire announcement of Lucasfilm games, all these companies that are coming in and making Star Wars games. You know what's going to happen, right? Once 2023 hits and the rights are open for them to start releasing games, they're going to start trying to rush these games out because everyone now has exclusive rights to them. It's no longer a monopoly. And they're going to want to be the first game out, the first new Star Wars game that's not EA. They're all going to want to be that that game. At least the higher-ups, the executives will want that to be the case, right? So it concerns me a little bit because I want, if I'm going to get a Star Wars game, I want it to be, I don't care if it takes me six years. <laughs> Take six years to make a really, really good game. Revolutionary graphics, mechanics, uh, and a good story, a great story. Always start with the story. I don't think they should start with gameplay and graphics before they get the story down. All great games of the past started with a story. You know, Halo is a great example. of. I, I'm a big Halo guy, obviously. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Did you, fun fact, before we get out of here, Jedi Fallen Order was actually not originally a Star Wars game. Originally, that game was supposed to be about um like a treasure hunter and it had a completely different story but they already had started working on that game they even started making some of the gameplay for it and some of the mechanics and then lucasfilm approached ea about making a star wars game and they were like well we already and they were like we need something quick right they were like well we already have something that we're working on let's just change it and make it into star wars it sound it sounds incredibly risky, right? But it ended up being a great game, which is kind of crazy because it originally wasn't supposed to be a Star Wars game. Fun fact. So that being said, Jedi Fallen Order 2, they're not going to have the time they had with the first one. And it's also uh, an original idea at this point. So we'll have to see if it's good or not. But guys, that's it for today. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show uh, means a lot to me that a lot of you were here at playing the Star Wars trivia with us. Um, that was really fun. We'll probably do that again as well. Thank you so much for being here. A new episode is coming out on Wednesday, so be sure to come and check that out. And I will see you all very, very soon. And now, somehow, some way, somewhere this week, my friends, may the Force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first.